Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. Today on the show, I'm so excited uh, to have special guests. Um, They are the 2022 world champions and the current 2023 world silver medalists. They're Olympians, legends, you know, Alexa (laughs) Kniram and Brandon Frazier. Thanks guys for coming on. Our pleasure. We've been looking forward to joining your podcast. We've listened to them before. Um, we think you do a great job kind of just highlighting figure skating and letting people know a little bit more about the inside scoop from each skater. So we're honored to be here. Heck yeah. I'm I'm stoked to have you guys on the show and get to know your entire journey um, in a little bit deeper of a lens throughout this conversation. So let's do it. Let's get right to it. So first question for both of you, when and how did you get into skating? I started out as a roller skater. Um, I was about four years old and, and uh, I was living in Florida and roller skating back then was was pretty popular. Um, and I did that for about five years until I swapped over to the ice. And yeah, that's how I got started in the skating. And then I moved out to Colorado when I was like uh, nine, 10 years old and started uh, skating out there full time. Wow. Yeah, my story is not as unique as Brandon's with the roller skating. I find that so fascinating. Um, mine was just pure luck. There was an ice rink near my home, five minutes away. And I was seven years old and my mom and dad really encouraged, um, to have a hobby outside of school for in the evenings. And my sister was a ballet dancer, but didn't really fit the mold for me. So we tried skating and there was a really good school program there for figure skating. And that's just kind of how it went for me. Wow. Those are both just interesting gateways into skating because obviously roller skating is so similar to the ice, but very different in terms of like technical things of gliding and whatnot. So Brandon, how did, how did the adjustment period go for you of like swapping from roller to actual ice? You know, I would say that going from roller to the ice was an easier transition. Um, if you were an ice skate, if it was reverse, I think it would be harder because, um, you know, there's things like in roller skating, you don't can't use your edges, you know, so you're a little bit more flat footed the entire time. It's harder to bend um, landings, takeoffs. You're you, you can't land like you're either land forward or backwards. You know, there is no like in between uh, when you fall, you don't go anywhere <laughs> when you're roller skating, you know, um, spinning, you spin up towards the heel. Okay. And we spin towards the front on the ice. Um, so I remember 
going to the ice and all my jumps, it took about a couple months for me to feel like I can do everything jump wise and spin wise that I did on a roller. And then all my jumps that I struggled on, like uh, a double, I was doing like double loop was the hardest jump I was working on when I was like um, nine years old and roller. And it took me about a month on the ice to do it. And once I did it, it was like, I was able to do like double loop, double loop combos and things like that. Um, so much easier just because you can use the edges more. Um, and then when I was like 12 years old, I went to a birthday party and tried roller skating after being on the ice for a couple of years. And it was really hard. Um, so wow. not saying like it's harder or easier. It's just very different in sensation. You know, there's just really no edges in roller skating. And that's something I appreciate about the ice. Yeah, totally. I can't, I I've never roller skated on the four wheels, but just in terms of roller blading on the road, I think it's so freaky mm -hmm. and I'll forget that the road is different than the ice and start doing something and then just smack on the ground because <laughs> the wheels don't turn ah. the same way. Um, yeah, that, mm -hmm. that is really cool. Alexa, you are such a graceful skater. you been really beautiful when you were doing single skating as well and then and as a pair skater you've really brought so much grace to that um did you continue use, utilizing ballet and dance throughout your career um even though you weren't as passionate about ballet yes um it's interesting because i grew up in um it was actually like a skating school like we it wasn't like you just went in to have your private lesson we were part of like a group that had like two teams, a high and a low. And um, within your group, we were, it was part of the schedule to have your off ice classes as well as the on ice classes. It just, it, it was like all or nothing. So from, I would say nine years old up until I kind of transitioned out of singles, we always had group ballet classes that were organized through my skating school, not my sister's. Um, so we had to do ballet like twice a week. We had to do like um, maybe hip hop if they had that class for the summer. It was like an eight week session and they would always hire specific instructors that were not from a skating background into the rink to teach those classes. Um, and we had a lot of off ice and conditioning and just different things. But I would say I was I was never and I still am not um, very comfortable dancing off ice. Um, I don't feel free. I feel very like self-conscious of what I'm doing. And when I'm on the ice, it's totally different. I feel comfortable. I feel like I can move how I'm meant to move. Um, but one thing that I've always told myself is I hope when I um, have time that maybe I'll take some off ice dances just for pleasure that people don't know me at. I can just be like somebody in the back and just learn how to dance a little more freely. Um, and then when I moved to Colorado Springs and I was with Chris, we would take a dance class. Um, we would do ballet together and more of like modern dance. Yeah. Um, I think it's important, but I, it's really hard, I think, for skaters to find the time to do it all. Yeah, totally. If it if it was like implemented into your original training routine with the school that you were at, that's really incredible that it was all in one place. Because um, I know it can be really challenging for skaters, like you said, to fit in finding a dance studio, finding, you know, styles that work and, and working with studios on top of that is really difficult. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. At what age did both of you guys start pursuing pairs and why? Yeah, I actually kind of always been a pair skater. 
Um, hey. Not time, but yeah, when I was uh, when I was a ro- when I was roller skating, even when I was uh, I met my previous partner Haven through roller skating. Um, she was about four years old, and I was like seven. So I had about two years of three years of like freestyle and figures on roller. And then I went into pairs and then we compete. I competed all three at pairs. I did singles and figures and roller skating. Then when I swapped to ice, I did pairs and um, singles and Haven and I were skating pairs together. So I've co- always had a pair, um, always been doing pairs since I was very young. And then I would say when I was 15 years old, around like 15, 14 is when I, made the full commitment to just do pairs. Obviously I worked on singles, but I didn't compete anymore in singles. I, in the skating school that I was in, I remember, I can't remember the age exactly. I'm thinking I was around 12, but one of my, the head coaches there kind of um, encouraged me to do some of the beginner level pair tests with one of the pair skaters that was at the rink. so really long time ago, I took like the first three tests with that partner, but I wasn't going into pair skating at all. She was a former pair skater for Poland. So I, she was just kind of like helping me open my eyes to other things. Then I stayed and competed in singles until I was about like maybe like 17 or 18 years old. Then I kind of had a year of like figuring it out. And then around 19, I decided to try pair skating for real. Um, and in Illinois, uh, I think it was Jeremy Allen taught me some basic stuff. And then I moved at 19, almost 20, to Connecticut for my first partner. And Brandon's my third partner now. Wow. That's incredible. You started skating with Chris in 2012. And then you guys started dating and fell in love and got married, just the whole shebang. Can you tell us about that pairing and what you felt your biggest strengths were together on the ice um, and kind of what it was like to be ice partners, but also romantically involved off the ice? Like, how did that uh, dynamic work for you? Well, we started dating quite quickly after teaming up or meeting because after we had met, I pretty, we pretty much agreed to skate together. Um, but we just had this natural connection from the beginning. Um, and we didn't necessarily try to fight it off or try to avoid it. We kind of just let things happen organically. Um, and it was fun, you know, like we, we didn't know each other that well. We were trying to learn things on the ice. There was like a honeymoon phase and we were laughing a lot. Um, and then it just developed. And I think it helped our skating in the sense that we were able to put some differences on the ice or mistakes on the ice aside quickly because there was never the, like we just cared about each other first more than the skating part. So if anyone was having a bad day or making mistakes, like we just cared for the person more than like the actual skating part, which I think is really important in the trust and foundation in a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we had um, a different style on the ice than Brandon and I have. And that was more of like, I guess, like graceful or softer side with long lines. Um, Still dynamic and powerful, but in a different way than Brandon and I are. Um, And I just think our chemistry on the ice and kind of demonstrating our love for one another was a strength that was different from a lot of the other teams at the time. Um, And I really enjoyed that side of it. 
And yeah, I mean, feels like it was so long ago, even though it's only been three years with Brandon, it feels like I've lived like two lives already with the skating side of things. So it's kind of hard in the moment right now to kind of like reflect so deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to hear about just because um, like both of you guys have had so much success in your individual partnerships before coming together and, and having success with each other too. Um, and yeah, obviously when you date your partner, everybody's like, oh my God, they're together on and off the ice. And so to hear like, you know, how it helped your relationship has been cool. I feel like can be a really hard dynamic when you're together all the time, um, but making it work and having it be successful, literally 10 years later, you guys are doing amazing. So I think the harder part was being together 24 seven, because that was all we knew mm -hmm. to the where Brandon and I started skating together. And then we had that separation because my days were spent with Brandon. That mm -hmm. was like a more interesting time because it's, that was the unknown. Yeah. Which I think is usually quite opposite for normal people because they go to work. Yeah, that's very true. Do you feel like that helped? The change was something that also felt natural, even though it was maybe not like chosen like right away. I think on like my side of things, being like between Brandon and I, I think on my side, it was best case scenario for me because Chris was in California when Brandon and I started together. So it's not like I lost him completely or like didn't out of sight, out of mind. Like Chris was still there every day. He was still at the rink every day. It was just in a different form. Yeah. So I think that did help process for me emotionally because he was there mm -hmm. um, and there wasn't like an absence. Um, so I don't know what it would have been like for me to transition with Brandon if um, Chris wasn't there physically. I think that would have been a lot harder and just like um, take a little bit more like courage to kind of just like take a clean slate. Yeah, that makes sense. And Brandon, you basically grew up with your former partner, Haven, um, especially if you guys went from roller to ice together. Uh, mm -hmm. It's crazy. So what was it like to grow up for so many years on the ice and develop as individuals like through all of that but also together in a partnership and you guys like became national champions as well sure yeah i i always um always value relationship haven and i had um you know i knew her for you know my entire life as far as i can remember um and we you know we were best friends for forever so like uh she um you know, she taught me um, a lot of uh, cool things on the ice. Like we always like had a really good dynamic about us. Um, you know, looking back at it, I, I look back at it. So many partnerships that um, struggle to get along with their partners, you know, like, you know, we talk about Chris and Alexa too, you know, it's when I started uh, skating with Alexa, I always said that I really admire the relationship her and Chris had because you do have to have a really good bond and a, and a uh, just have to have a good relationship you know even if you're just friends or if you're a couple so important to what you're doing in, in life and for the sport um yeah you know i i would say it was difficult and challenging to to make a change and come out to california um haven and i both were uh kind of ready to go on our separate ways um after the 2020 u.s championships and then um for me it was kind of like a you know last opportunity chance kind of thing to to keep going and pursue 
an Olympic dream with Alexa. So, um, you know, I was very fortunate that um, Alexa was open for a tryout and, and we had to try out. Um, but yeah, you know, change is always hard for people and to make that change um, to, uh, you know, when you move coast to coast, um, you kind of lose that um, everyday um, relationship that you're so used to. Um, that was that was pretty challenging for me. Just uh, I value my friends so much and they're close to my heart always. But it was just um, it was a change. And uh, it was uh, something I will always look back and appreciate is the time I had with Haven. Um, and uh, now, though, uh, all I can say is I'm so grateful for that, that what we had, because it put me in the right time and place for the next uh, chapter for skating and personally and when I showed up in California um I felt like if it would have happened at any other time like a couple years earlier when I wouldn't have been ready to take on that like adventure with Alexa because um I just I felt like I was in the perfect time of my skating career to pair up with Alexa and, and do that um but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was like one of those where it's like bittersweet. I was so excited for the new chapter and the new partnership with Alexa. But at the same time, like I'm sure most people, you're sad to lose a friend and and uh, and make that change because, um, you know, you just don't see them every day and don't have that same bond when you're not in the same you know state. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it was it was a little challenging, of course, but um, you took the leap. Yeah, I I took the leap. It was, it was a huge leap. And, um, you know, I, I've taken a lot of leaps in the sport I, as most of the athletes and skaters, we have to take, uh, these kind of jumps, you know, kind of, you know, just go for things that you're scared of the unknown, but, um, it felt right. And I knew there was a part of me that was just, I was very hungry still to, to try to make an Olympic team. And yeah, I think I've always felt very ambitious that, I've never put something in front of that goal and that's what I trusted. And I made the, made the leap. Did you guys try out with other skaters as well when you were trying out together or was it just like a perfect pairing? I didn't want to try out with anyone else. Um, I mean, it's not like there was like a, a big, realm of men to skate with anyways but I only had my heart set on Brandon because I knew how good he was um and he was the only one that we reached out to so or like we connected with so even even having him in place to do the tryout I wasn't considering anybody else if he didn't want to move at that point at least I didn't I didn't think that far ahead mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was, like I said, it was kind of like for me, I was, not that I was ready to move on, I just was preparing to move on. And when mm -hmm. I found that Alexa looking for a partner and she was still wanting to compete and Chris was stepping back, she was the only only person that I was going to um, entertain to keep skating if I were to keep skating. So it was kind of for me, it was like an all or nothing. It's like either it's going to work with Alexa or it's time for me to um, move on. But I didn't have any motive to try out with anyone else. Um, you know, and I think anyone would agree with me that there'd be no reason to want to try out with anyone else. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, how was it for both of you to kind of go from 
success in your previous careers to when you switch partners, you kind of start from square one again. But again, both of you are very driven. Uh, were ambitious for like the goals that you wanted. And there was a really short period of time. I mean, you only had two seasons basically um, before the Olympic dream. Um, So yeah. How did that adjustment period for you guys kind of go mindset wise? Well, actually, yeah. I mean, obviously like it doesn't need to be said, but it was hard and challenging, but it was also really fun and refreshing because I mean, obviously, Brandon and I have different personalities, like off the ice, like we have different personalities. But on the ice, we can confidently say we're pretty much the same. And it was a great thing because we were so ambitious and excited to find the fastest way, the most comfortable way, the quickest way to make it work. There was no egos involved. There was no, well, this is how I do it. So we need to, like, it has to be my way. It was like, how can we go one way or the other or blend our techniques so we can be successful? Um, and it was all like trial and error and just like competing with ourselves. Like we would compete with each other, but just to become better. Like, okay, let like, I remember when we teamed up, we got our short program and we were just like running the choreography with like one element in. But then as we were going, we kept talking to each other, like, okay, do the next one, do the next one, do the next one. And then we like ran a clean short. I remember that. We were, we had only been skating together for like nothing. Yeah. But because we were like little tigers that are like, let's keep going. Let's try, let's try this. Let's try that. Because we both feed off of it. So I say it was fun in the sense that it was cool to to share that experience with Brandon of always wanting to push the limit and never fearing that I'm being too aggressive or excited mm-hmm. because it would be from him the same. And um, I never felt like I had to pull him up or ask him to do more. I just wanted to do enough so he didn't feel like he would have to ask me to do more skating or train. Yeah, I think Alexa and I shared our greatest strength as a team was we shared the same amount of um, uh, energy to to uh, excel at what we were doing. We never accepted, um, okay, that was okay for today. We always were on the same level mentally, like, let's see how far we can go, you know, while staying safe and, and, and you know, doing things the right way. Um, we, you mentioned earlier, Paulina, you were like, you didn't have, a, we didn't have a lot of time to get ready for our first event. And I look back at the, the gelling process and so many people, when we first announced our partnership, I think automatically assumed we were just going to be really good and competitive. Um, but our first couple like weeks and like first few months was such a grind. I mean, even basic stuff was hard. I mean, um, we were learning throw doubles and it was just, everything was so different. It was looking at a whole new language. Um, but we both strive to learn that language as fast as possible and to be able to speak as many different dialects of it. And that's what I think how our partnership blossomed so quickly and so well is we just, we were always wanting to take it to the next level when we did our first throw. I remember today, like clearly today we did our first throw triple loop and just, she like smoked it. <laughs> and I was like, we both looked at each other and we didn't need to really say anything. It was just like, we knew 
okay, we have, it's, we're going to be good, <laughs> you know? And we didn't just like go home and, and then the next couple of days we're like, we're on schedule. We were like, we wanted more from it. Yeah. And, um, it, and it wasn't the first triple loop that we tried. Like, like we tried some, but it was the first, the, when we landed our first one, how it felt, how it looked, we knew it was good. And just to give insight to people listening that may not understand pair skating, Brandon is very literal when he says like, it's a different language because there are a lot of different things that pair teams do to get things accomplished yeah. in the sense of where the guy's hands are on the girl's hips, how far across or where they're placed exactly, how much pressure I use when I throw versus his last partner or the trajectory of the throws or how much they spin, um, cadence and timing on twist, all different based on different body types. So it's not like you can just get into a new car and drive. You literally have to start over even some of our lifts like Chris and Brandon lift differently or maybe their wrists are angled in a different way or maybe I hold myself differently than Haven did death spirals as well so everything had to be reinvented and that's when I say we work together to find the fastest way so if I said to Brandon I would prefer you to hold me like this even though you're used to doing this for the last 10 years then he had to wake up every day, come in and try to break a habit or a skill that he did for 10 years and vice versa. So I think that's the more amazing part about new pair teams coming together um, is because it's not as easy as like you see some people doing like fun side by side jumps or some cute throws just like at a one time thing to actually sustain it and compete with it. If there's a lot of layers that you have to kind of get through. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It makes a lot of sense um, because of the dynamic of two people. It's not just one person um, learning one thing. It's it's both of you guys learning together. Um, did you feel like there was external pressure for you guys to do well in that initial season as well? Um, because people heard that you got together, people were excited about the partnership. There was just like this hype of oh, this is going to be good. Did you, obviously you had internal pressure on yourselves to like, you know, get with it quickly, but did you also feel like it helped you to have like some type of external hype about it? Or did you feel like it kind of like rattled you in some way? Um, I don't want to speak for Alexa. Um, I know we both were very focused on ourselves and just um, we were taking everything day by day. I think we both were on the same page of, you know, let's just see what we got. Let's see how far we can take it. We didn't really have an expectation. Yes, there was a lot of noise with um, spectators, fans, just being like, okay, this is, they should be amazing. They should be great. Oh, they're going to, you know. But I think when I got to California, I've always had a, a knack of when I, when I went through my career, I've had some great ups and some pretty big downs that, I was tired of paying attention to that noise on the outside. I mean, I really was. I was like, I don't, I can't, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like listen to the people that are like, um, listen to the noise of like, oh, it needs to be like this or they should be like this or they're going to be amazing. I just kind of like really was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to be as good as I can in the opportunity I have right now. And I'm going to do it for myself. And if it works out awesome, 
if it doesn't, I tried my best. I'm going to move on, you know, and that was just my mentality. So the first, the noise and stuff for me was, was very muted. I just wanted to do my best at the job that I needed to do for Alexa and for myself. I remember at our Skate America, it was during the pandemic, so there wasn't a big audience, but there was an audience of officials, people who have known Brian and I for years, and just a lot of um, anticipation because it was our first real competition because we only had done virtuals. And we were a bit nervous. I remember on the first practice with you, it was like, we felt like everyone was looking at us, which is mm-hmm. not a bad problem. But um, we got off the ice. And the one thing that I remember we said to each other, which we reminded ourselves of throughout the three seasons was we were just two individuals that came together, two talented individuals that came together to see what we could do together. That was it. And we told ourselves just being able to arrive at the competition was a win in itself. So we got on the ice for that short program, just saying we've already won. Not in the sense of a competition mm-hmm. placement, but in the sense of our own self-ambition or drive. Like, this was for ourselves. Like, we both could have walked away from the sport with the successful careers we both had individually. So trying to put our focus on a more internal focus versus the outside chatter, I think, helped us. Um, I generally don't like a lot of... Uh, attention at competitions I think I usually compete better when the focus isn't on me which I think it's not for everybody some people like like the attention because they rise to the occasion I think I have kind of found that I've always done better when people don't think Mm -hmm. we're gonna win or be the best Mm -hmm. so um like Brandon I also made an effort just to to silence the noise because as um, experienced athletes, you learn that you never feel fulfilled when people compliment you. You just feel like, okay, I heard your compliment, but I'm still insecure about certain things. You didn't change my life. And then when you hear the negative things, you're like destroyed inside. And all you can think about is the negative thing that you read or, or heard. Mm-hmm. So trying not to hear mm-hmm. anything is better. I We don't need like the fluff and we don't want the the negativity it's just what we want to say and believe to each other mm-hmm. yeah it's like keeping the horse blinders on just going and doing what you came to do well the olympic season itself was a really stressful season for everybody because of the pandemic but you guys had the ultimate stressor of like the positive test at nationals needing to sit out um, and the Olympic team gets announced after your performances at nationals. So like, how did you guys stay sane in that uh, few days? I know it was challenging, but like mentally, how did you approach that time period? Because obviously coming in as previous national champions, you know, you were skating well all season. People expected you to make the team, get the gold, all of that stuff. But it still is like, such emotional turmoil to not even be able to skate um, in such a high stakes, high pressure event. So how did, how did you guys get through that? I mean, I don't think I kept my sanity very well. <laughs> when I think about that, uh, I, I was really upset, you know, I mean, I, I don't really have any fancy or other good words to say I was upset. I was very, you know, you're at your Olympic trials and um, you're reigning U S champs. You're trying to defend a title. Um, 
you know, biggest moment in your career comes up and, um, you know, in, it adds to, to the fact that when you get, when I got hit with the positive test and I got COVID and we couldn't compete and you are part of the team. And, and I, not that I took it away from Alexa, but she can't compete either. So there's a, there's responsibility to it that I, that I felt a burden and um, Alexa was amazing. Like she was, you know, like when I was talking to her over FaceTime several times that, the day we found out. And then after I was just, I was, I was really upset and she was, um, you know, very comforting and very supportive in every way you can be to be like, we're going to get through this. It's fine. And, uh, it, it was like, um, it was like the only way I was able to just, you know, in that moment, just be like, okay, everything's going to work out. Just gotta, you know, this is, this is just how right now the cards are being dealt and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, you were really, really sick. Yes. I mean, it's weird when you think about as athletes, we push ourselves through crazy discomforts or illnesses, but like in the moment, like, yeah, I was very sick. I probably should have gone to the hospital in the first, first two days. Um, but I just, you're sitting in the room and my brain thinking about not competing at nationals and you're just numb. And, and it's just that like you just feel at an all time low, but yeah, I was like sitting there lying in bed on Wednesday. I remember on Tuesday night, it was positive and we knew we were, we were going to have to pull and uh, Wednesday and Thursday, those two days, I was just like, um, I barely could even watch the short program on TV. I was sleeping and, and having the hardest time breathing. And it was just, it was just a weird, bad week for, for, uh, for that timing. So. Yeah. And then I remember when he was well enough to get out of bed, but not good enough to leave his room we FaceTimed and started walking through our programs. The competition was already done, but we didn't want to miss a beat if we were going to be named to the team. So in my Airbnb in his hotel room, we were FaceTiming, walking through our program, and I I just didn't want to give up any hope. And I, and I knew that he would enjoy doing something because like we said earlier, we're both so driven to do our best. And I knew that that would bring him some kind of fulfillment or joy to do something in his room. Um, and then, you know, when we got back onto the ice in California, that was a big struggle too, because Brandon's like equilibrium and just COVID fog, was it? Yeah, I I was like... He was just off. I was off for, mm-hmm. for practically the time we had from when we got back from Nationals to before we... It was maybe two days before we departed for the games. Um just your twitch and like my um, coordination was nothing near than what you're used to it. Like I was like opening up in the air of my triples and like bailing out of them um, because I just didn't know where I was in the air. Um, even the ones that had good takeoffs were like, I would land and my body couldn't react to it. Um, not explosive. And in pairs, you know, most of your material comes from an explosive amount of energy and um, just coordination and, it was like when I was talking to the doctor, they were just like, you know, there's this thing that it's called COVID fog. And we see a lot of people struggling. It's when you come out of COVID and if you were really sick with it, you're just not cohesive. You're not like there. And I've not saying it's what it was, but I was off for, it was a sensation I've never experienced. And I was getting a little nervous, you know, obviously you're going to the Olympics and I wasn't able to, you know, train and, and skate at nationals in two weeks. And yeah, it was, it was a, it was a very stressful part of that season, but, you know, Alexa and I's whole partnership, we knew that we were going to have many challenges in different formats. And it was just another one. And we dealt with it together and we put out some of our best skating at the game. So 
Yeah. Tell us about Beijing. Like Alexa, this was your second Olympics. Um, so how did you feel going back? Obviously, it was a COVID Olympics, so the the dynamic of the games was very different. But in terms of like your feelings of being back mindset, how did that feel? And also, Brandon, it was your first game. So like, what was your mindset also uh, about enjoying the entire experience? Sure. I mean, both experiences were entirely different. And there's so many variables to that, like different partner, different country, um, different age. But when people ask me that, it's it's a hard question to answer because what I loved about 2018 was I was able to share my experience with my family, was able to explore. I could do um, as many interviews or talk to fans like I could do whatever I wanted, which was really, really fun and exciting to share that ideal moment. Um, but it was also overwhelming and exhausting and so much pressure and media zones were so long and it was just like, it was a lot. So when we went to Beijing, it was hard because there was no family, no friends. We were in a bubble, like we were closed in, but I could focus so well. I could like just focus on Brandon and I. So it's interesting because I wanted the best of both worlds because I missed having family and friends, but I also utilized the privacy to really just do what I love and, and maximize our time there. Um, you know, this goes without saying not having the medal ceremony was very disappointing because in 2018, that's one of my favorite moments was seeing my parents while I was on the podium with Chris. So that was hard. It would have had, it would have been hard too, if we were on the podium and the parents weren't there as well. But the fact that we didn't have either no ceremony or parents was, was, was a hard hit for me having to be able to um, compare it to the last time. Um, both experiences for me were very magical in their own way. I had so many great emotions at both events um, in different ways. Um, the feeling I had when I finished the team event short and the individual free program was such an amazing high. And as a figure skater, you know what that feeling is like when you skate really well and the music ends and you just get more energy than you started with, but nothing in the world ever really compares to that feeling or replicates it. And it was really special for us to have those feelings on our biggest stage. So I think I was very lucky looking back that both of my Olympic experiences were very positive ones. I love hearing Olympic stories. It's like chills. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? What was your experience? How did you bask in it? It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be forever a memory I'll never forget, you know, um, and it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, if I ever arrived at an Olympics, even though there was a pandemic and uh, there was the COVID restrictions, there's all these little things that I could be like, oh, it would have been cool to see what this um, would look like if we weren't under, um, you know, uh, quarantine on everything. But I would say that it was incredible. Uh, the feeling of going out, you know, you as an athlete or as a skater, every time you do an element, when I was a kid, I was like, this one's for the Olympics. This one's for the Olympics. Like, I'll go do one more. You know, even when I was skating with Alexa, we at times would be like, all right, this one's if we're at the Olympics. You're you're doing that your whole career and you're finally there. And 
I remember I was getting ready for the team event short program and I was rooming with Nathan, Evan Bates and John Luke. And we had this hoop in our room and I was just shooting it. And there's <laughs> just so much pressure suddenly came out of nowhere. And I think it's safe to say of the two of us, I always got more nervous. Um, and I, I, they come in waves. Like sometimes I feel amazing and no problem, but like, then there are times where I'll get really nervous and Evan came into the room and it was about 30 minutes before uh, we needed to catch the bus and I'm just playing hoops and listening to music. And he was like, Hey dude, how you doing? I was like really nervous. And he was like, you okay? Because I was just pacing back and forth and I wasn't even like shooting the ball. And I was like, um, no, I'm not. I'm starting to like stress out. Like it's realized it, like it's kicking in that like this one's for the actual Olympics, you know? And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you're at the Olympics, dude. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like yeah. and like, um, it was cool to be able to have roommates that have been there and done it before, especially Evan, which it was like his fourth games. And we had a cool little chat. And then when I went out, I, I was reminded that it's all, it, you're built and ready for it. So enjoy it. And uh, that's what started, you know, we competed four times. We had two shorts, two longs. And every second I went out and competed, I just um, went out and found a focus of just attack, but at the same time, appreciate it. Appreciate all the work that mm -hmm. you've done to be there. And yeah, not everything was perfect, but I felt like it was my best ability. Like I felt the best I've ever felt to perform in front of a high pressured situation. And yeah, I felt like I lived the Olympic dream walking out in the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies. I just was like, wow. You know, it, it just was, it's what every athlete that's been to the games, they were right, but they made it out to be. It is incredible. It's remarkable. And it was worth every second of hard work and tough decisions. And if I would go back and do it all exactly the same, I would multiple, multiple ways and times. So I, I loved it. It was an incredible experience for me. I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Because knowing you and myself, how like I think it went down when you are playing basketball in your room, every time you threw the ball, we were like, okay, if I make this, we're going to, it means we're going to skip it. Or if I, mm -hmm. this one's my triple stop. Oh, I missed it. Like, so, did you actually uh, play those games? Because I think a lot of us do that. Like you get ready in the morning and something, you go to toss something and it makes it in your like. Absolutely. You know, I was, I'm, I'm, I was just like, every time I would like throw the ball. And I would really say, like, if this, <laughs> if this goes into the net, like, if it, if I just nothing but net, I'm going to skate a perfect it's short It's going to be a good day. Or yeah. if you miss it, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I um, I do a lot of things like that. I um, I remember I was sitting there, and I had my phone, and I was sitting on the couch, and I had the ball. It was in between my feet, and I just took a moment. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this. And if I shoot it from sitting down, I'm going to skate the best short I've ever done. <laughs> I didn't come anywhere near the net. I didn't come anywhere. It was the worst throw of my life when it comes to shooting basketball. And I just sat there and I was like, well, probably, you know, I, was you know like, I think it's so true. Whatever the actual quote is about sports being certain percent mental and the rest physical, because for me, if I'm in the right headspace, anything's possible. But when my head's a little bit off, it's not so much a physical ability. It's more of like, it's because my head messes with my rhythm. Totally. I think the mental aspect of it is the craziest part. And I, yeah, the Olympics in general, just 
the feeling, the magical feeling you get seeing the rings everywhere and being like, oh my God, I'm a part of it. It's not just something that I've seen my whole life that I'm aspiring to, but now I'm here. And like the physical representation of it all, you can wear the rings and be like, I was, I'm an Olympian. I'm forever an Olympian. I think it's just, it's so special. It really is the pinnacle of like all sport competitions. And um, yeah, I think like you said, Brandon, it is so worth it. Like the hype that everybody has around the Olympics is so real. And so when you get the opportunity to, actually be there it's it doesn't I feel like it doesn't matter where it is what year it is like it just it's always so special so love I couldn't agree more well you went on to win worlds just you know the next month yeah and it was just obviously an outstanding end to the season but also really historical you guys were the first American world champions in pairs um since 1979 when Ty and Randy won so tell us about that world's experience and just how you accomplished those skates at the end of such a crazy year um and again it's only your second season skating together well at the Olympics um in between the team and individual event we had however many days of practice ice there and every single practice ice had all of the officials pretty much watching. So every time we went out on practice, we felt like we were competing. And I think it uh, served us well because we just became like these robots that could just get on and do our programs and do them well. And when we got to the world championships, I felt like we just kept riding that tale of trained bodies and just muscle memory. Like we were just so well conditioned um, that by the time we got to worlds and we were on the practice ice, it just felt like, like just this is what we do yeah so when we competed it was just how we do it um did it feel any bigger or any smaller than training and uh, I think that really helped us achieve our goal of winning um just because we were so well prepared we put in the work we put in the time um we felt invincible um we still had to focus and work towards it but like we knew we could do it and like when the music ended in the short and we knew we skated clean we were like like yeah we did it again because clean shorts at home were something we did very like often um so was it challenging to get to worlds after the olympics with the huge down and kind of keep training to get there it was very hard there was mm-hmm. a lot of like like do we go do we not like right after olympics because you're so exhausted like you just have you're just you're on e but then you kind of look at each other like why not like we've Mm -hmm. already done this so much like why it's in our blood like why not like it's only a couple more weeks yeah it was it was a we fell down as i'm sure every olympic athlete that wants to come go compete at worlds when you get back you just came down so so you know juggling the idea of like you have to compete again in two weeks was like you know that's Mm -hmm. very tough but you know um as you you know we we came out on top of that one um and it was uh it's crazy you know sometimes it's it's I replay that moment that day in my head over and over again and it feels like it was literally just yesterday because of how impactful emotionally it was. You know, I've every athlete gets excited when they skate or could perform 
incredible and they do well and you get this feeling and i've always had that but i don't think i've ever experienced something as surreal as what we experienced at worlds i experienced at the olympics yes but not like it's so Mm -hmm. different i uh, i was telling alexa the other day i was like it was the that night of the free program was by far the happiest day in my life and it was like um for many reasons like uh i've gone through as we all have gone through different challenges you know, I, I went to Worlds in 2017 where we didn't, my uh, Haven and I didn't even qualify for the free program. And then we lost the Olympic spot for the U.S. And um, I would look back at that week as one of the worst weeks of my life, you know, and that was at Worlds. And, you know, you, I remember I was in the hotel room and we were done on a Tuesday and we couldn't leave till Monday. And I spent like, five days straight just sitting in my room and that was just me that's just how I was it was no one you know that's just how I got and I was just it was not a not a fun time in my life and then when we go and we were able to win worlds I sat there and I was like to be able to experience what incredible teams that I've looked up to I always looked at them and was like I wonder what it's like winning worlds what that feeling is you know and I don't want to sound negative but I was I always had it in the back of my head like you know probably won't ever feel that you know, but when I felt that and we sit on the podium together, it was, yeah. you know. I remember I, um, when I came, uh, David Santee said, um, you know, it's, it's really great. Like you guys won worlds, like it's such an amazing accomplishment, but what's even cooler about it is the way you skated. He's like, I mean, to win with a program like that, that, you know, it was your best skate. He's like, you can't beat that. Like, I mean, not competition wise, but like to have you you win with the something you're so proud of. Yeah, it makes it even greater. It was totally. a great performance. Yeah, it was very strong, and it was to me it was to like a song that I've always wanted to skate to for like many many years. I've always been like it would be really cool to throw down an amazing program to fix you by Coldplay. You know, I saw the Shipatani's do it, and I was like it would make a great pair program. And for Alexis and I to do it, it was like all these little things that just correlated with one another that came out at the exact right moment yeah yeah very sentimental well flash forward to this past season um you guys became national champions again with some great skates and and then you went on to win the silver medal at worlds um all while also juggling the emotional chaos of having your coach todd sand um be in the hospital recovering from um, a heart attack that he had had. So how did you stay calm and collected in that time leading up to worlds and at the actual event um, with that, just everything going on around you and still be able to skate well and land on the podium? We leaned on each other greatly. Yeah. I mean, we, when I say we were alone, we were, yeah. we were alone. We were. Um, yeah. Cause in addition to, um, Todd's situation, Chris had taken on his new job in a different state. So I, you know, didn't have him physically there. And Brandon and I were just like, we got to do this because we, it was so hard. I mean, there was a day pretty soon after the news that we came into the rink and we were just doing crossovers. We faced each other on them, but we both were just crying. Like you could, like the tears were just coming down our faces, but we were just trying to ignore it because we were not going to give ourselves an excuse to not train that day because we wanted, we wanted to think the best 
of the situation. So we didn't want to skip a day. Yeah, his situation was, you know, um, it's an understatement to say it was serious. It was as bad as it can be when it comes to heart attack. Um, it was uh, every minute of the day we were checking our phones and it was just tough to like, you're two weeks out of worlds and you know, I felt weird training without him there and with what was going on, you know, like as athletes, we push ourselves and get ourselves through some really crazy times while trying to still be competing. And, you know, that's as real as it gets when it comes to life. And, um, mm -hmm. it, it felt weird. I remember though, uh, on top of Alexa and I leaning on each other, Todd has always spoken highly about just no matter what is going on, you just stand your ground and you, do your job. And mm -hmm. I know there were where, you know, and Alexa probably saw it from me and I saw it from her, whereas you start to fade mentally and you start feeling like you're losing that strength to be like, how am I going to actually keep skating right now while he's like that? It, it is what Todd has inspired me to be is to be able to execute no matter what is going on in the world. And I know if he was, if I know he would, if he were able to tell me from himself in the moment, he would say, Give everything you got. You don't have to be perfect, but go out there and skate. And that's what I think Alexa and I tried continuing to do um, during that time. And yes, at Worlds, he was missed from us yeah. very much. And I think we were both inspired because we knew that we knew that Jenny was struggling greatly. Yes. I mean, how, yeah. how could she not be? Um, and we didn't want any of our skating to become a burden to her as far as preparation. But one thing we really wanted to do was give her warmth and and happiness as she watched us compete because I mean she left to be with Todd during junior worlds so from that point on we didn't expect not to see her before we left for worlds or tour or anything um and I felt like all we could do was to try to make them proud so it was in our best like uh all we could do is try to skate well for them if they were going to watch to let them know that we got it, we're okay, and not, not to burden them or make them feel like maybe if we don't skate well, it's because something had happened with, like, our head coaches. But all I wanted Jenny to feel was, like, comfort watching us skate. Your guys' entire just, like, story, like, journey through everything of skating together – um, I just think really speaks volumes to the mentality strength that you guys have both being competitors, but also just in life with all of the challenges that you guys have had to overcome. Um, so it is, yeah, just amazing to see that get rewarded through your skating and through, um, your results and, um, just what an extremely successful career you guys have had both individually and together. So what, advice do you have for all the pair skaters who are incredibly inspired by your journey um but you know are also looking forward to making a splash in the same ways that you guys did um i would say that uh the best advice i, I would do is is you got to be true to yourself right but at the same time you have to be willing to go through um a lot of ups and downs um, especially as a pair skater, a lot of variances. And you need to just, you need to uh, find 
the importance of getting along with your partner is priority number one. You know, I know you may not see eye to eye, but I find that a lot of Alexa and I's success as a team came because we both were very, we were very good friends and we uh, were able to have great communication. And when you have that, you will take what your potential is 10 times because you guys work well together. Yeah, I agree with Brandon on that. Um, and I think it's important for all skaters, but especially pair teams to understand the value of longevity. Yeah. I mean, great partnerships don't happen overnight. I understand that Brad and I had quick success, but we also had a very long history of our own careers prior to teaming up that gave us the tools we needed to be successful. We knew what was going to work and not work. We knew what triggered us, what didn't trigger us. Um, so having the faith and the courage to kind of ride out the hard times and not assume that it's the end all be all if you hit a roadblock because your greatest moments come after that. Um, and we're proof of that. So I think just trying to stick it out. I love that. What would you like to see in the future for us figure skating's pairs development? Um, since like, I remember just being at development camp this past year with, you guys as role models um, and current skaters, there, there was such a love and excitement for pairs that I saw in all of the kids that were there um, for pairs. And so, yeah, like what would you have liked to have when you were coming up in pairs that maybe you didn't have that you think U.S. figure skating could implement? Hmm. Um, <laughs> good question. Well, it's, you know, it's one thing that I'm, I, we all see as a problem that it's not something you as figure skating can necessarily fix or help with, but I'd say the the biggest issue is quite obvious. And it's that trying to get two athletes that match or are compatible with age or skill to be in the same state and coaching environment. Like there are so many teams that maybe don't team up or split up because of location or coaching um, because not every family wants their child to move to another state or has the financial ability to send them off um, mm -hmm. or, or there's just two great people that do want to move, but are just stubborn. So I, I don't think that's something that really is figure skating fix more of that. Like, I think there has to be more flexibility um, and more help with skaters trying to come together, but that's a lot easier to say too. I think too, U.S. figure skating, what they're starting to do better. And if I just can keep adding is keep promoting the excitement that para skating can bring. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, I, I think there's so much value in our singles, right? Like our singles, are we, our men, our ladies, and then our U.S. dance has been dominant for, you know, 10, 15 plus years. And I know sometimes, you know, pairs has always been the inside joke of like, um, oh, there's, you know, two teams. We haven't seen two teams at Worlds in, in a long time. This is the first time there's three teams at Worlds. And it's, I think there is a lot, there's a little bit of a dark cloud over the discipline of pairs in our country. You know, Russia and China are dominant. And it's like mm -hmm. U.S. pairs just doesn't stand a chance and this and that. I, I think Alexa and I didn't team up you know, we didn't start our pair careers because we were like, oh, well, 
there's, you know, no chance you can beat these amazing teams or whatnot. We were excited about it. You know, we were just excited to, you know, it's an exciting discipline. You know, all disciplines are very well respected in their own way. And I think pairs, there's a dynamic to it that can be promoted better. And it's like, um, it helps you become a better person too. You know, I've mm-hmm. learned more about myself uh, through pair skating than I will ever in 10 lifetimes. And it's because it just gives you a different skill set of challenges and being able to emotionally um, work with someone else on that same level. And I think if that's spoken more and, and shows like the benefits on that as well, instead of like, oh, they're a good jumper and they're a good jump, they should try to make it work. Oh, they couldn't make it work in the same city. There's there's so much that goes way past all of that, that makes skating a worthy discipline to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, when I switched from singles to pairs, it was because I knew I was not going to become an Olympian in singles. Like I knew my ability as a single skater wasn't going to be competitive enough with the best girls in our country. And I feel like some single skaters who are very good don't want to switch to pairs because it seems like maybe it's a downgrade, but I'm now a world champion five-time national champion because I said, you know what, maybe I'm not going to be the best at that, but I can try this. And it served me better. And Mm -hmm. I just wish more single skaters would take away that stigma of like, Oh, pairs is the the lower grade of it all because the popularity of the discipline, I think is like, that's where like, Oh, couldn't make it as a single skater. So mm-hmm. let's go to pair. I agree with what Alexa just said. I knew I was a pair skater. I knew that when I was 10 years old. You know, I'm not, I'm like, I knew I was not built to be a single skater. Um, me being, doing pairs most of my life did not take away from any down, like downside from not being able to make it as a single skater. Mm-hmm. If I was a world champion here or a world champion pair skater, they're both are going to mean exactly the same to me. There is no, like, to yeah. me in that opinion. Nobody looks at you and be like, oh, you're a world champion, but not in singles. Yeah. They don't say that. It's Nobody yeah. thinks that. No. And I think there's just, like I said, the dark cloud. There's what Alexa just said. Like, there's that motivation to try to keep pushing yourself as a single skater. And, yeah, it's very important. But at times, like, you got to know, like, if, if you're getting to that age point and you're, like, where you're at, like, there's so many different disciplines you can go do. And I think Daisuke Takahashi has proven that on yeah. a great scale. He was a well-renowned single skater and a legend. And he was like, you know what? I want to try ice dance. And he went to go do ice dance. He became a very respectful ice dancer. And I, we got to watch them live with his partner, Kana, at World Team Trophy. And it was remarkable. And I didn't sit there and be like, oh, he was too old, so he didn't want to keep doing it as a single skater. And so he went down to ice dance. No, I looked at it as he went upgraded to mm-hmm. ice dance. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a really good point. I think uh, it's so interesting to me that the U.S. does kind of have that stigma with pair skating as if pair skating is an extremely difficult. It's not like it's easier to become a pair skater. It's it's a whole new set of skill on top of the single skills that you already learned. Um, But what's really funny to me is whenever I go to skating competitions or watch skating on TV with people who aren't skaters, everyone's favorite discipline is pairs. Like it's the most interesting to watch for a longer period of time because of the dynamic of pair skating with like the exciting throws plus the spins plus the lifts. Like it's the most, um, I well received from what I've seen of non-skaters. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. What type of mentality mentality might not be the right word traits like 
for people who maybe haven't even thought about pairs, but they might have good traits for pairs or good skills for pairs, um, what do you think people should look for uh, to consider potentially switching over? Um, I think you need to obviously have your singles established, you know, meaning like you can spin, you can jump. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it does come to, um, you know, having a certain um, uh, kind of like in a certain like uh, build for it. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be small or, or guys have to be huge, but it's like you have to be able to uh, your body has to get used to taking a different kind of soreness or like a, mm-hmm. a it, it'll you'll you'll have to be prepared of like different kind of workouts different kind of usage of muscles and stuff it's all skating still but like um the impact is quite different it's very different the impact the the, the layering of what you're doing and the elements of the, the toll on your body's just different you know ice dancers they those guys do so many incredible things that i could never put my body in a position to because it's just like my body's not physically made out as an ice dancer um but I think yeah like you know it's it's one of those things where like you see a lot of incredible jumpers and they're kind of you know they're kind of big like for the men and it's like you could be a great pair skater not because you're a great jumper just because you kind of have that build your body could probably take on that impact of being a pair skater yeah and it's interesting for me because everyone you know labels me as fierce and courageous and brave but I've been telling everybody lately like I know I do some crazy stuff on the ice I know that like the stuff I do is scary and I'm I'm very brave to do it all but like I hate roller coasters I don't like zip lining she's here like, on the go-kart track I got off <laughs> I did I did three laps on the go go-karting course before I got off because I was scared and I didn't even go fast like I am not an adrenaline junkie but you wouldn't believe that because I'm up there being thrown around and doing all these crazy things. So mm. I don't want, I don't want any girl to like turn away from ever trying skate pair skating because they don't like heights because it's a different sensation. And you're also in control of that. Like when I'm on a roller coaster, like I can't do anything. I'm just like there, but yeah, like mm-hmm. with Brandon, like I trust him. We work together. Like I'm, I'm physically in control of this. So um mentality I think more of just uh confidence in trying things or confidence in it executing something more than just being like crazy yeah that I think that's a really good distinction because my initial impression of partner skating and this goes for both dance and pairs as a single skater is like I'm so scared of all of the the different elements because I do think there is a level of bravery to like actually go for something like throws um, and lifts but the trust factor is also it's learned it's not something that just comes like right away obviously but for a lot of single skaters I think the prospect of skating so closely with another skater and also having them lift you up and spin you around and not having your mind like anxiously think about like what if they trip right now um, is something that is learned and developed as you skate and not just something that only ice dancers and pair skaters innately have and were born with. <laughs> no, I, I've cried before trying things that I was scared of. Like I've cried on the ice before I did it because I was just nervous. Like, mm-hmm. but then you ask yourself, how badly do you want it? And then you try it. I think, True. you know, it's crazy too, because like, um talking about like that 
fearless, like kind of you need for uh, pair skating. I, I found I used to fear jumping far more than like trying a new twist, like a triple twist or anything like that, um, or a hard lift. Not because like I wasn't a great jumper. It's just like I hated the sensation of pulling in longer, hold like in the air and taking a wonky fall like that. But I, I always just kind of like knew that like, you know, that's just part of the sport. Whether you do singles pairs or ice stands, you're going to have to take on that moment of like, okay, I got to test myself and there may, there's risks to it. And I think people just, pairs gets that bad rep because they see like, yeah, if there is an issue during a lift, it, it can be like, oh, that's, it's too dangerous. But like, I'm probably going to hurt myself way more if I go try quad than I would try any other pair element. And that's just because how I, uh deal with like my jumps you know it's just how i am like i i have more more fear there's just the same amount of risk in my mentality with that and i think uh it's something that i think u.s figure skating um can help promote with the younger generation is that all disciplines require will require a form of risk but mm-hmm. it's safe you know where you're in control like alexa said and um we uh we as athletes should allow ourselves to try all these different disciplines you know you you don't know what you're made of yet until you really know i knew immediately i was a pair skater and i should never try stance you know (laughs) i already knew that no one i didn't really even have to waste time on that one i like it but yeah that's great well last question for you guys in terms of individual personalities what do each of you you know have passions for um and interests outside of skating um, like what types of things do you want to pursue outside of competitive skating? Well, this isn't very interesting or unique, but um, because I was one of the individuals to move away from home for skating, my interest and passion outside of skating next is really just going to be family time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just have so much desire and motivation to be with my family again and just be with my nieces who are three and one right now. Like I, I feel like I've lived my dream, but I really have missed some of those more intimate family moments that right now, currently that's where my mind is as far as outside hobbies or interests. Um, I don't really have any like hobbies, like real hobbies that I really want to dive into. Um, but maybe they'll come once I'm off my stars on ice tour and I have time to settle down to think about what I like. Yeah. That's great. Alexa's got 30 hobbies. <laughs> she says that now, but she's, she's going to have a lot of things. She's going to have multiple, we'll multiple see. talents. Um, I, uh, I enjoy a lot of things like golf, um, you know, like, you know, anytime, uh, you know, I'm, I find myself an adequate poker player. So, always done that for a while uh those are like my fun hobbies to do when i'm not skating um i have one more year i'm a senior next year at uci to graduate with a um degree in finance and accounting so i am pursuing the career path of investment banking so that will be my long adventure um outside of the skating world um wow as i always want to isn't that cool have yeah I will always want to have my foot in the door in a rink somewhere, whether it's, uh, you know, little part-time coaching, just helping out. Just, I always want to be a part of the sport team leading, like whatever. I, I do love this sport. I owe so many incredible things in my life to it. And I never want to like get away from it. Um, 
permanently, but um, I will want to create a different uh, chapter in my life. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, like I just said, be pursuing a career in, in finance. So we'll see where that goes. I love it. Wow. I come from a family of finance people, my brothers, my dad, all business guys, my brain, not a business. I mean, I like business, didn't major in business in college. And my dad still is just like, come on, Paulina, when are you going to do business? <laughs> I'm like, it's all right. Communication, uh, my podcast, it makes sense. It makes sense. And you're great at it. You, yeah. you are amazing <laughs> at your podcast and everything I've been watching you pursue and do. I'm always so um, intrigued and inspired to see somebody who has been to the Olympics at a young age and then continue to to take on new things and thrive. Like you're a really great example for everybody. Thank you so much. That's really sweet. Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with just dabbling in a bunch of different things, but also staying involved in skating. Um, like you said, Brandon, it has been really, really amazing to create impact in it through a way that's not just competitive. Cause I feel like when we're competing, we always think about like, Oh, how am I going to, get the most success out of skating or the most out of like recognition and whatnot. Um, and, and competition is just one form. And so learning that like post-retirement has been, I think really healing to like the overall mindset of skating um, and just staying connected with all of you guys too, through different skating projects has been really nice. Cause that's also always a fear of people when they retire is like, Oh, I'm out of the bubble. Never going to be in the bubble again. But the bubble just gets bigger, actually. <laughs> yep. It's cool. Very true. It's a family. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Well, I wish you guys all the best um, in everything. I hope Stars on Ice Tour continues to uh, be really fun. It's been looking awesome. Yeah, love we've it. been having a lot of fun and um, very grateful to be part of the cast. Um, so thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks, this was Paulina. a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing. This has been um, really awesome to hear about your guys' journey and just the, yeah, the different hurdles you guys have had to overcome and still have such a positive experience and outcome has been chills. I love it. I love it, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Pauline. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.